Hello and welcome to the Series 8 of the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk founder and CEO, Jeremy Gottschalk. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and leaders from the marketplace and digital platform ecosystem, with the goal of providing valuable real-world lessons that can be leveraged by you, the listener, to help you launch, grow, and succeed. Please note, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerace.com for more information. Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this episode, I'm welcoming Juliet Eccleston, who is the founder of AnyGood, an employee referral and recommendation platform, and her newest venture, Shared Advisory, which is a platform offering access to experienced startup operators and professional on a fractional and project basis. Juliet, it's been a pleasure to have you, and I'm looking forward to, to chat with you about the shared advisory. Yeah, great. Uh, welcome welcome um, to uh, hearing more about it. Really looking forward to speaking about it. <laughs> Excellent. So first and foremost, can you tell us what the shared advisory uh, is at a high level and just at a high level what it offers? Sure. So really at its core, it's a way for startups and scale-ups to access a panel of really extraordinary advisors um, that will help them both maximise opportunity and minimise risk. Um, so that's at its core really what it's about. And what led you to develop uh, the shared advisory or come up with this idea? Um, so like for many, uh, many startups, and it's a familiar story, really, um, it came from a combination of frustration and opportunity, I think. Um, really, firstly, I could see that a lot of startups um, are restricted to choosing just one or two advisors because of their financial constraints. Um, so the depth of experience was good uh, in the one or two people they had, but the breadth was quite limited. Uh, and obviously, for a startup, uh, they're experiencing an extraordinary amount of very different challenges. Um, and I could see that that was quite a challenge for startups to be able to handle. Um, the, the second thing really is that um, some of the startups I've worked with and just come across and I've got really good friends um, that are founders of have unfortunately stopped trading. Um, and if there's one thing that I hate to see, it's a great startup idea that... Uh, stops just because they've run out of runway or there's a challenge or they've just run out of energy or they didn't have the right advice at the right time. Um, so I'm really committed to helping those that um, that are in that position and otherwise would be able to carry on. Um, and from an opportunity perspective, um, through my role with um, the CBI, the Confederation of British Industry um, and Marketplace Risk, I've surrounded myself with uh, quite some extraordinary people um, who, who now are you know, largely on the advisory panel. And, and of course, they know people in their networks um, that they would recommend and personally trust um, to give advice. And so really, it's utilising all of the people that, uh, that we know and rate um, to create what is an extraordinary service for startups. It's interesting. And full disclosure, um, I've been um, working with Juliet uh, or as a minor part of this uh, on the panel um, uh, for a while. And, and part of why I was excited to get involved is because oftentimes when 
when I finally start working with uh, an early stage startup, they're kind of flabbergasted that they it took so long to find me and not me in particular, but find somebody who's a free agent with uh, a lot of experience um, that they don't have to engage full time. They can do kind of a project or just get some advice um, in large part because I think most people's career trajectory takes them from one job to another job to another job kind of full time. And so by the time they've amassed a lot of experience, you know, they're very senior uh, at, at a company and, and not on the street, so to speak, available to offer their services or their advice. Um, and, and even if they were or interested in doing that, people can't find them. So I think what's important about this um, is the aggregation of all of these experienced professionals uh, and the, the ability to seek them out um, in a very, very efficient manner. Um, and I think it, it, it becomes a game changer, I think, for startups who, like you said, don't have the resources to engage 20 different um, advisors on a full-time mm -hmm. basis, but maybe they, they, they just have some questions or small projects that can really mean the, the difference and take them to the next level. So I think that this is super timely um, and super interesting. And I'd love to know, um, how does the, the shared advisory work? So practically speaking, like kind of the business model, if I'm a startup, how, how do I engage with the um, shared advisory and the, the panel members? Sure. So, so all of the panel members that we have are available, and and it's one of those things that I think you know if people look at the um, the advisory panel page on the website, then they'll they'll see everybody. And I, it's one thing that people have said to me that actually seeing the pictures of people makes it real. In that, you know, a lot of um, consultancies and things, you will know that you'll get somebody, but they're you know it's you don't know who you're getting, you don't know who you're going to speak to. Whereas the thing that I wanted to show was that yes, you can. Speak speak to somebody from Airbnb, you can speak to somebody that's worked at Depop, you can speak to somebody that's working at Google. Um, and I wanted to sort of be really transparent to startups because the the thing that's key to me is that they, um, you know, they've got um, a certain amount of money to spend and they have to be very wise in how they do that and a certain amount of time to spend. And they're two very valuable things. And I want to be able to make sure that we add the most value um, and so they can see who it is that they will speak to. They're not um, they're not just there as a cover for uh, who they're actually going to get. Those people are are the people that are available, and they can speak to people for as little as half an hour, um, and that can change the trajectory of a startup significantly, given the people that are there. Um, and so, um, should they wish to engage with? Uh, with the panel members, then we have um, a monthly retainer that startups can um, sign up to. And that means that they can um, simply just use anything from half an hour to an hour uh, and above of people's time that's uh, on the panel, depending on what the challenges need. Um, and so um, a, a startup would engage with us initially and, uh, and I can do sort of a, a short assessment just to uh, understand their business, who it's most similar to what are the similar patterns between the advisors that we have and the challenges that are being experienced or potentially the opportunities that are ahead of them and then um, look at who's most appropriate and put it out to our panel to see who can help them the, the best and really then the startup just starts to sort of draw down on uh, on the hours that they have um, and engage with that advisor directly 
Um, but we maintain oversight of that. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure was that um, it wasn't simply a database of, uh, of people that people had access to. Um, we all know all of the advisors that are in the panel. Um, and so it's, um, it's uh, although it, um, you know, there are a significant amount of people on there, it's not a marketplace of thousands of people. Um, we're very selective in terms of the people that are there and, um, and who, who can help who, basically. So it's, it's, very, um, it's very much more of a personal service than it is sort of a, a jobs board. And there's two there's two things that you just said, I think, that are super, super important for startups who are listening to this. Number one is, you know, the, the, the profile, the picture, and the information about the specific advisors being available at the outset um, goes a long way and cannot be understated in large part because you can, before engaging any of them, do all of your own research. So you can look, I mean, obviously LinkedIn is, is a really good place to do this, yeah. but you can find out all of their experience and see if they have any um, uh, parallel experience or um, perhaps uh, in different industries, but maybe it's transferable, et cetera. So the ability to do your own homework on mm -hmm. any of these people uh, is, is, is great. Um, and like you say, Oftentimes, when you work with a consulting firm, you know you, there may be a face of the firm, but you're not working with that person. So ultimately, you don't know uh, the experience of the person that you're working with until it's too late, or you know maybe you discover that they don't have the the service, uh, excuse me, the experience. And then the other part of of what you were saying is is the kind of social slash professional proof aspect. I don't know how you describe it exactly, but you know, the fact that all of the shared advisory uh, members, uh, panel members, either know one another, I know that there's a, you know, there's a group Slack where we connect. It's really mm -hmm. important and, and interesting because it's much like a, a, maybe a law firm approach. That's my experience where mm -hmm. they really tried to um, cross-pollinate uh, uh, different lawyers so they understood what the, the strength of their bench was. Um, and so by the shared advisory members getting to know one another, um, yet not functioning as this giant firm, it keeps the overhead very low, um, which then translates into um, you know, cost efficiencies for the startups. But you still get a lot of that um, familiarity with your team members um, with the other shared advisory panel members. So I think all of that is putting all of that out there uh, right up front can give a lot of not only credibility, um, but also help people navigate this um, much more efficiently than just trying to find a consulting firm that claims to have experience or professionals in certain areas. Um, so I think that's great. And one thing, you know, while it's still in its infancy, right, the, the collective experience of the shared advisory members is quite extensive. So yeah. I'd love for you to talk about the different kinds of uh, experts and professionals um, and their experience um, uh, that they have, just to give a, you know, a high level. I know there's, there are a lot of shared advisory uh, panel members, so we, we, I'm not asking you to get into yeah. all of them. <laughs> some of the companies that they've worked with, some of the experience um, and, and what, you know, some early stage startups might be interested with. 
Yeah, sure. So we've, I mean, we've, um, as you say, there's there's quite a significant um, level of experience um, in the panel, but uh, we cover everything from um, trust and safety, um, growth, um, including uh, sort of that internationalization, um, brand and marketing, uh, service design, policy, investment strategies, finance, and um, and those are you know topics that you will hear uh, consistently from many consultancies, I guess. But when you cross that over with the names that we have, like Google, Meta, LinkedIn, Indeed.com, Airbnb. Um, Depop to people from, you know, the Navy veterans who are extraordinary, as you can imagine, at crisis management and communications. Um, there's there are really um, and truly unique people that sometimes I have to pinch myself to know that I'm amongst in terms of um, the people that I've worked with over the years um, and that are all extraordinary in their own right at, at, at sort of um, a particular vertical um, and they're often the people that you think oh, if only I could just have half an hour with that person or an hour with that person and certainly when I was doing my startup. Uh, myself if I could have had access to this um, this sort of span of experience um, then I would uh, you know that that's something that I would have um, done an awful lot for and um, and really you know wanted to have had um, and I think it's certainly something that we hear a lot from investors um, whether that's VCs or family offices that are interested in working with us so that they can um uh, really help to manage the risk of their investment, um, but also help the founders realise the, the scale of the opportunity that's ahead of them as well once they do have funding. Um, you know, even if it's things such as which countries to expand into next, where are the, the main opportunities, what does that involve, um, what are the risks around that, um, where, are, where might resources be available. Um, so there's some significant questions and opportunities um, that, uh, that are ahead for, for startups. And, and often as a founder, you're making, you know, you're making those on your own um, or, you know, sort of with, with the few people that are around you. Um, but having people like this around you really does give you that confidence to move forward. Yeah, one of the things that resonates so well, um, and I think, as you mentioned with um, investors, is, you know, investors, I, I had a um, Sonia Nagar on the uh, podcast last week, we published it this week, uh, mm -hmm. and she's a, a venture capital partner at Pritzker Group. And one of the things we were talking about is the founding team and, and what she looks for when evaluating founding teams. And Obviously, you're looking for skill sets and leadership and things like that. But when you can open access to all of these different um, skill sets to a small founding team, you know, I think that the the investor interest grows because you don't have to have five and uh, founders with varied experience. You might have two founders, but they have access to a panel of um, uh, experienced professionals. And, uh, you know, normally when people throw out that many brands, I roll my eyes, but yeah. in context, you know, I, I, I say this all the time, but in this context, 
what we're doing in the platform space, marketplaces, the sharing economy, it's new, right? For some of us, it might seem like old hat because we've been doing it for 5, 10, 15 years, but there aren't people with 50 years of experience in this space. And we're still, the industry itself, platforms and marketplaces are still finding their way. And so there is, by, by default, a very limited number of experienced uh, professionals. And the good ones have gone to work at Meta, Depop, Google, right? The, some, some of these platforms that are at the forefront of our industry. And so you know, in this case and in this context, I think it's, it's, um, it's great to have experience from those brands because that means they've been on the front line, right? The Googles of the world and the Facebooks and the Metas of the world, you know, they're the ones who have been leading the way in this technology space. Um, and so to have that experience is certainly, certainly unparalleled. Um, so I think that, that um, that's super interesting and a huge, huge selling point, like you say, just to get 30 minutes, um, I think that a, a short conversation with somebody who's been there and done that can end run a lot of um, you know, unnecessary time, resources, and effort uh, for an early stage um, uh, founder. So I, I think that that's key. I, you know, I, I, again, I, um, you know, brand uh, name dropping and things like that, I think are often contextualized poorly, yes. but I think in this case, it's huge and, 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 and I don't want it to be understated. Yeah. Um, can you talk about how many shared advisory members there are um, and, and kind of how do you see it growing? Where do you see it going in the future? Yeah, sure. So we have uh, just over 20 right now, um, and that's across um, the UK, the US, um, also um, uh, some other European countries as well. Um, and really what we're looking to do is uh, is expand uh, further internationally. Um, as I said, we're really keen to work with startups that are looking to scale beyond their um, initial geography. And so uh, we're um, already in contact with advisors over um, across Asia and India um, and um, and that's that's sort of the, the direction of travel where this is already it started from day one as, as a global advisory panel um, and I just want it to continue in that vein um, and really adding panelists that that we know um, are, that are just going to add significant value um, and um, and you know you can see already just from the the panelists that are there that um, that there's a, an awful lot of sort of helping each other um, and um, can see how different things can fit whether it's um, sort of the um, from a, a strategic investment perspective through to then how to work with that investment um, in terms of that geographical scale um, to you know sort of we, we have a, a marketing um, person who's an expert in making brands famous and so if you need to do that in different geographies with different cultures then how does that work and you know a lot of the panelists you can see how it all fits together and, and works with one another um, and although we're all very much independent people um, as a group of people it's exciting to also take on um, specific projects together as well as the individual panel advisory work um, and that's how I see it growing more is, is as we um, as we work with startups more and scale ups more, it will become more into that um, sort of taking on bigger projects as a team. 
um, and uh, and working with broader people across the industry as well, um, as well as sort of helping from a um, potentially from a, a policy and regulation perspective in terms of the knowledge that we have within the panel that becomes quite unique in its own right too. And 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 the last uh, part that you talked about, I, I will ask this question in a in a little bit different way. Kind of blank is the ideal customer of uh, shared advisory services. Mm. <laughs> so I think in terms of the, the the people that this is of most use to, it's those that are um, that already have investment or are looking for investment in order to begin to scale. Um, and um, and that would be to help them grow uh, internationally uh, beyond the geography that they're currently in. Um, uh, and also for those looking for investment, should they wish to include us on, in pitch decks um, and in order for us to help with how they might um, speak to investors and um, best approach their proposition to show product market fit, um, then, then those are the, the kind of startups that we're interested in. Um, and I think that those are the ones that can get the most value. Um, just flipping the coin a little as well, I would say that if there is a startup out there that's experiencing significant crises and challenges, um, to get in touch too. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's one of the, my sort of <laughs> core and personal principles is to help those that are challenged and to try and avoid, um, uh, you know, the tragic outcomes of some startups uh, where perhaps they could have been helped just with a, a very quick conversation with people. On that point, particularly in the crisis management, having been through, managed several, many, I guess, um, it's interesting because uh, this is one of those skill sets that most people, including myself, when I was in-house, didn't have. Um, you do not want to be learning this on the fly, and um, you, you don't often create a relationship with a PR or a crisis firm ahead of time because you're just never anticipating that. Mm. And so you may leverage the shared advisory for some investment advice or for some risk management or potentially some legal advice. And if something happens, um, the fact that somebody, a professional who can help you navigate a crisis is a phone call away um, is, is super key. And I think, again, the, one of the really interesting things about this is the breadth of the panel makes it very efficient to uh, tap into all of these different uh, experts um, with, a, you know, simply with a phone call, um, yeah. which I think is, is um, super, super key. Um, and so, you know, if you're an early stage platform, um, I, I, I love how you phrased um, the platforms that are looking investment or received investment and some of the, the different um, uh, experiences and resources that are available on the panel. Um, are there one or two or three um, I know every case is different, but are there one or two or three shared advisory members or skill sets you would recommend um, any any startup start with? Like, is there is there a group that you'd say here start here step one, um, and then we'll we'll navigate from there based on what what's uncovered. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we have um, we have some very good, um, experienced, uh, battle scarred. Some might say um, people that are more in that sort of strategic advisor type role, where they've got a helicopter view of um, of a startup um, and of, of um, you know they'll have been non exec directors and 
um, on many boards um, and they are expert in seeing where the challenges are and where the opportunities are within um, uh, within any kind of organisation. Um, and so I think uh, for me, that's that's where we tend to start is, is by making sure that we have a bit of a helicopter view um, rather than sort of tackling, you know, going in and just doing sort of spot tackling on, on individual challenges. Um, but uh, giving a broad view, adding the most value in the, in the shortest possible time that we can is, is key to us. Um, and so uh, making sure that it's, it's somebody that's got breadth of experience initially and then uh, diving into where the key challenges and opportunities are after that is, is how we would tackle any kind of initial engagement unless it was specific to a particular problem um, in the first instance. And, and I, I want to add to this as well um, that uh, while the focus is on startups, what we're seeing is enterprises, big organizations, um, Disney, Hertz, Michaels, you name it, they're moving into the marketplace and the platform model. And the interesting thing about that is, you know, even though they have a lot of resources um, to launch their platform and to grow it, in many cases, they have the same um, lack of resources in terms of experienced professionals who have seen this and done that. So I, I, I want to um, also uh, just kind of add that for those platforms that are um, looking for um, you know, growth opportunities and or establishing marketplaces, you know, that in and of itself is, is a startup in, in some ways, right? It's a, it's a different business model. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so the, the key there is, is that, you know, this is a great opportunity, particular for, particularly for the person who is charged with launching a marketplace with inside an enterprise, um, super cost effective. Um, you're, you're going to get a real uh, breadth of experience and expertise from those platforms who've done it before. Yes, absolutely, and I, I think it's one of the things that um, that I wanted to do more of because I think the um, you know we do see a lot of challenges with um, large large corporates um, trying to move into a space that has has been very sort of lean and nimbly done by those that that perhaps don't have um, sort of the weight of a corporate model behind them, um, and um, and those I think that have found it the most easy are those that have taken advice from from those that they may not have done before so you know you only have to sort of look at some of the brands um like ikea utilizing um you know working with organizations to help prove different models of reselling furniture um and you know now reselfages are reselfaging and you know there's an awful lot of uh, large brands that are moving into um either marketplaces specifically or more on sort of the reselling and circular economy side of things and and i I think they really shouldn't underestimate the knowledge that's already been gained by those that have gone before and have, have had to work through all of the challenges of two and three sided marketplaces and where to start and uh, product market fit around that. Um, and uh, and it's certainly something that we're seeing a lot of interest in is utilization of uh, of people within the panel and the broader project teams that we have access to outside of that to help deliver projects and programs in that way um, so that um, so that they do it in more of a perhaps a lean and nimble way than they might have traditionally within those organizations. 
Yeah, and there's this old adage, um, I'm going to get this wrong probably, but it is something along the lines of nobody ever got fired by hiring IBM or something yeah. like that. <laughs> with, with, in the big uh, enterprise or the big corporate context, right, if all else fails, you don't want to you know, wade through RFPs, et cetera, hire IBM and, and they're uh, uh, kind of a known quantity. In, in this context, um, there, you know, there isn't a necessarily an IBM out there. Right. Um, you certainly could hire uh, one of the large consulting firms, um, but the reality is you probably still have more experience within this group than you do with a bunch of people who've uh, potentially studied these issues, but perhaps weren't operating um, within them or, or operating through them. So I think in this context, um, you know, this becomes kind of the IBM, right? Because you've got people who have a lot of experience, perhaps some of the best experience in the industry. So um, I think that uh, for those kind of corporates, and those enterprise um, uh, clients that are developing platforms, this is also a, a great opportunity. And so how can people connect with the shared advisory members? Where, where do we find the shared advisory? Um, yeah, so, so we have the website uh, sharedadvisory.com and uh, within there, people can contact um, us directly, um, can also use the, um, the facility to book an appointment with me directly through the website. Um, and quite a few people have been doing that. Um, so I prefer to to speak to people and um, to, um, you know, to have a conversation around what it is that people are looking for and how we can help. So, um, yeah, you can book straight into my calendar directly through that route. Excellent. And I understand that there's an event hosted by um, the Shared Advisory as a part of the upcoming Marketplace Risk Global Summit in London. Where and when will that take place and, and how can people attend? Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody at the summit again this year. Um, where uh, We'll be hosting some drinks in the evening, the Tuesday evening. Um, on the 31st and that will be at the Lamb Tavern uh, which is in Leadenhall Market so very picturesque Harry Potter like um, area of London which is which will be lovely. Excellent excellent and if you want to uh, meet the shared advisory uh, members um, you can learn more information at uh, sharedadvisory.com which by the way, it's amazing that you got a, a top-level domain um, and it was taken already, so kudos on that, um, as well as register for the Marketplace Risk Global Summit uh, at marketplacerisk.com, um, and you can connect with a lot of the advisory uh, members at the Global Summit. Juliet, I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited for what's to come for the Shared Advisory. It's been great to catch up and a pleasure having you on the Platform Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. You can check out more episodes at marketplacerisk.com along with information about all of our conferences, summits, virtual content, and resources designed to help marketplaces and digital platforms launch, grow, and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on upcoming programs, events, and important news.